Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, the co-host of this little show we call Solid Steps, and that is Kurt Souter sitting across from me. He is the uh, El Capitan of uh, Further Still Ministries. That's Spanish for the captain. I'm impressed. Thank you. Nice. Uh, And uh, we do this show called Solid Steps. We've been doing this now for coming on three plus years. And the original idea was we want to do a show for men by men. Just talking about things from a guy's perspective. Uh, Us guys listen with different sets of ears than ladies do. And uh, we want to talk about a a lot of different things. But the ultimate end of the day is we believe you as a man were destined to fulfill your destiny as a man and reach your true potential by walking with Jesus Christ, being spiritually alive and walking with God. And so we talk about all types of different things. But at the end of the day, that's what we desire. We desire you to hear that you have a purpose and that purpose is to walk with God. Hence the name Solid Steps. See how nice. that puts together, right? Very well said. I don't said. know if the show's going to improve any more from that, but we're going to keep moving on. <laughs> and uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk today about uh, something that guys don't talk about. Let's be honest. We just don't talk about what we're going to talk about today because it doesn't come up around the water cooler or when you're sitting around watching the football game. Uh, we're talking today about some what some people would say some touchy-feely things, but I think it's, uh, listen, if Jesus touched on these things, then we should touch on these things. probably worthy to think about. So John Orberg says this. He says, every day is a collection of moments, 86,400 seconds in a day. And how many of them can you live with God? Start where you are and grow from there. God wants to be with you every moment. And it says here, for the soul to be well, it needs to be with God. And so today we're going to talk about the soul, soul care, and what that looks like on, in our everyday life as men. You know, Chad, uh, when I think about Jesus, there's somebody who came to him and said, hey, w- Jesus, what's the, what's the most important thing on the, uh, the commandment? What's the most important thing to do to follow? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, yeah, I, in fact, the Bible has a lot to say about the soul. Um, the, the, the psalmist in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, the, the, probably the most famous psalm in the Bible. And he says, the Lord restores my soul. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about the soul. And, uh, and we got two guys in here. We're just going to uh, just have a, a, a great dialogue. Ross Connect, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. And Mike Amos. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, yeah, it's just good to have both of you guys. You know, I, I, it just hit me. I, and Chad's going to make fun of this. No. But Mike, you are challenged uh, with uh, baldness and Ross with baldness and me with baldness. Is that a challenge? Uh, that's a, It's a beautiful thing. It is it indeed. Is. If that you go back ch- on the history of our show, about 85 to 90% of our shows, <laughs> he makes a follicle reference. Either you having not enough hair or me we having just, hair. So yeah, you know. Well, uh, you are the odd duck today. He, yeah, I mean, he's got most full days, head of Mike, hair. And, most yeah. days. <laughs> I am the odd duck. Oh, so anyway, it's great to have you guys. Let's talk about, you both have just completed a, a two-year kind of a soul transformational experience, journey, kind of this experience. Along with Chad, who did it too. Yeah, yes, all, yeah. We all, all I mean, really all four of us. We just kind of finished... Uh, a journey now, Mike. You uh, is a glutton. You, 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 you have become a glutton because you went through it for two years, and it was so I, I, encouraging. I, I don't know what's the word. Uh, it was so impactful. So, and there was so much that 
that you can get out of it that I wanted to come back with my wife. You brought your wife and went another two years. Yes. And it has been great. Ah, for, so for you and Denise, it was just, uh, uh, it just took it to a whole nother level. Yes. Uh, we wound up uh, journaling, answering the questions, uh, moving through the material at the same time, uh, sitting down and talking about it. It has just helped uh, our relationship. We have grown so much closer. You know, they always say that if you want to get close to your wife, then get close to God. Mm. If you're chasing God, then your wife's going to love you. And and Denise, she saw some some good stuff. I, I think oh, absolutely. This and been great. so after two years, she's like, "What's going on? I need to be a part of this. Yes. What's happening in my husband's life?" And so she wanted to join you. Yes, she was kind of skeptical in the beginning. <laughs> she thought, you know, I'm I'm have been known to um, read a lot and and do a lot of and learn a lot about God, but not implement it. Mm. And so when she saw me trying to implement it, then she, she was a believer, and she was ready to come. That's cool. And Ross, uh, you as well, you brought your wife. I did. I had not gone through for two years. So, so, so it was a little was, risk. It, a little bit of a risk. <laughs> it, it, it ended up being such a phenomenal thing because we had such an opportunity. It prompted many great conversations uh, in, in going on this journey together. And by the way, uh, a two, year, two years it sounds a lot more intimidating than it really is. Um, it certainly didn't seem like a two-year journey. Um, it was spread out. It was very. It was such a good pace um, for us. Versus, I compared it to going to a three-day seminar where you kind of get the fire hydrant effect. Where this was uh, really spaced out well and provided great space in our life uh, to have great conversations and improve in our relationship together as well as our relationship with God. Yeah, so it's, I think it's really cool that you brought, you know, Lena, your wife, with you and, and Mike. But, Chad, you, you just experienced it. You, mm-hmm. uh, you left Jenna with the, the six boys at the house. Yeah. <laughs> there was a retreat in a, within a retreat, right? Uh, and, and, yeah, we just completed it as well. And, and uh, I'm with Mike, you know, reading and getting a lot of information has been a great hobby. You know, I, I love to buy books <laughs> and read books. But it's a little bit better to do. Kind of implement says. them. Yes, implementing it. And uh, this soul transformation, and it's not a magic pill retreat, but it's just a way to, it shows you to do a way of life that you've always wanted and you just figured was there, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. Um, Mike, there's something you wanted to read. Yes. Have you ever come to a place in your spiritual journey that you think there has to be more? Would you like more margin in your life for the relationships that really matter? Is there a fear that creeps in when you think of slowing down enough to really look at what is happening beneath the surface of a busy life? Is your soul longing for more? That's, uh, I, I'm, yeah, that, I think that, that's the gist of what I think you guys have experienced over the last two years. Yes. And really what we're trying to, um, really trying to implement the, the life of, I think, how Jesus lived life and practiced life. And so um, one of the things I have been leading retreats and Ross, you and I have uh, we, you know, we have a long history of, do. of doing retreats. One of the things that uh, over the years that we have done in leading retreats is we start, you know, 
with a, I mean, with a blast and we end with a blast and there's blasts all through the whole retreat. I mean, we, we, if, if we're going to do a retreat from Friday night to, you know, you know, through Saturday afternoon or whatever, I mean, we give them the fire hydrant. I mean, we unload every possible data and information we possibly can. But in this experience, it's, it's not that way at all. It's not. Talk, talk from your perspective, Ross, talk a little bit about the pace even of the retreat. So uh, I'll, I'll give it in correlation to corporate training where we did the fire hydrant for years and we do the fire hydrant and hope that 20 or 25% was retained. And in the process of, uh, of this and the retreats that were spread out quarterly, uh, it gave such an opportunity to process. And, and we forget the processing part uh, to internalize that and really make it a part of our life. And I love what Mike just read about, uh, does your soul want more? We associate with more, more success, more money, more, more of whatever it is that there is to be had. But we don't often look at that in our relationship with God in a thirst for more. Mm. And this, uh, what we found is that we would get just enough to be a challenge uh, to us each quarter. Um, but plenty of time to process it, practice it, um, implement it into our lives before stepping into the next piece. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, it's designed so that you can, when you say process, um, both of you, talk about that. What, what do you mean process through that? What, what, what do you mean? So for me, uh, a lot of times we gather, gather information, and like uh, Chad said a while ago, to gather information, to gather knowledge is a great thing. But sometimes we fail to implement that, to put it into our practice every day. And uh, for me personally, I have to be able to process in terms of thinking through what does that look like in my life? Am I really taking time? Am I, pro am, am I allowing space to understand um, God's grace? Am I understanding what it means to be slow, to have God's slow work in my life? And uh, we can, we're, we're going to talk about this in a little bit about what the busyness of life creates. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that just really, uh, that I, um, I could associate with. Uh, yeah, we're busy, busy people. And God calls us to slow down at times. And he wants us to have a kind of a rhythm of slowing down and resting. You were going to say something, Mike. Yes, uh, I definitely agree with Ross. Uh, I think also that for me, uh, everything we did had exercises to go with it through the quarter. So not only did you learn about it at the retreat, then you could continue to practice it during the quarter. And this is not a two-year journey. The two-year journey is just to get you started on a new way of relating to God, a new closeness with God. This is a lifelong process. Yeah, it really is. It's it's. This is designed so that we can begin to put some rhythms and begin to live in a pattern that is life-giving and not as dr not draining. So we're going to take a break, and in the next three segments, we're going to talk about just a couple. Give you a little sneak peek of this of the secretive of the of the uh, retreat, right? The secrecy of, of the retreat, right? Oh yeah, eight retreats. But actually, <laughs> we're just going to talk about a couple of different things. It's retreat to cover. Uh, one of them Sabbath, and one of them uh, contemplative. Uh, I'm not saying that correctly. Uh, that's okay. Contemplative reading of the scriptures. A different way to read the scriptures than you've ever read, right? To be to contemplate. <laughs> to listen as you read. <laughs> so we're going to take a break because I need to go catch my tongue, and we're going to be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And we are back on our second segment. If you missed the first segment, we are talking about taking care of your soul. And if you feel like banks have lost their soul and they don't take care of you and they're out to get you, you need to go to Ellen and Credit Union. They are a local lender and they want to take care of you as a person, not just your money. They do. They rock. Ellen and they are good folk. They are good folk. And we want to thank them for sponsoring our show. If you have any business personal savings, checking, credit card, loan, home loans, commercial loans, whatever you need. They have everything for you. They're local lenders and they want to help you and not just your money. And also want to thank Vision First Eye Care. Uh, I got a chance to hang out with Dr. Rollo, who actually uh, came by the, the check out the Soul Retreat weekend. hope I didn't out him on anything like that, but he was excited to go. He was very excited, and, and he participated and came by. And we love Vision First, not only because they sponsor help sponsor the show, but because they take care of my eyes, and we're very appreciative of the work that they do for us as well. So, okay, so guys, we, we, we're doing this two-year, two years, eight retreats, every kind of retreat kind of builds on from the last one. Um, And so the first retreat is, I'm just going to say this word, and you tell me what originally pops in your brain. Sabbath. Ross, you are smiling. You're you're grinning. When I say Sabbath, what what enters your brain? I'm going to be really honest. The first time when I sat in that retreat, I thought... (laughs) Uh, here we go. Be, oh here Lord. we oh. go. I see. It means don't do anything. Shut everything off. Sit around. Light a candle. Have your Bible Sing out. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. And I thought this is not going to go over well. Huh. Mike, yeah. what about you? I thought, wow, how am I going to get everything done? You know, Sunday's the day to do all my chores. Catch up on everything. My wife goes grocery shopping. We can get this, 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 this done. And and now what? Yeah, how am I going to get everything done? How can I do this? It doesn't seem possible. So, so, you know, so, what about you, Chad? Don't do anything. Don't do anything. I mean, some of our listeners, when you hear the word Sabbath, you hear don't do anything, no fun, no, just, you know, just boring, boring, boring. Let me, you're going to say say, something. What do you hear when you hear the word Sabbath? Well, you know, when I, kind of when I'm initially, it lends itself to that as well. But back years ago, I was introduced to the concept of, think of Sabbath as a snow day. Hmm. And uh, in the break, we were describing um, snow day. And like, my kids prayed for snow days. I mean, they're like, um, because what happens on a snow day? When you get uh, two feet of snow dumped on you know, overnight, and you wake up. What happens? School's canceled. Most free day. Of, it's a free day. I mean, it's totally. You know, a lot of times you go sledding. Lot, you, you sleep in. You, I, I remember vividly when I'm a kid. My mom would come in and say, "Guys, school's canceled. It's snow." And and uh, we're like, "Awesome. We we get to sleep in and like you know a little extra long you know longer. You you get it's a it's more of a play day. It's time it, you take a nap." I, I, I remember um, Nancy's already talking right now. She's she's saying, I hope that we get some more some serious snow this winter so that we can have some snow days. And when you think of Sabbath as a snow day, well, I mean, that's now it's a whole nother game. I love that example. 
I, I love it because here's what it is. It really is a free day with no expectations. Mm. And, and that's the freedom in it is what was expected of me that day is no longer there's no guilt associated with it. The um, the guilt of I didn't get these three things done, these five things done. I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to go to work. It's like everything shuts down and there's space. Mm. And I love that. Well, I, you know, I mean, and, and also I, I remember when I went to Israel, when they practice Sabbath there, it's not just, um, you know, a day of rest. And they pull out all the stops when it comes to food. And uh, eating, I mean, they're like, we're going to celebrate. This is God's gift to us. Uh, Mike, yes. you were going to say something? Yes. Well, you mentioned being in Israel. And when they did the Sabbath, it was a celebration. And the rabbis wanted people to live and to attain the fullness of being. So for all you men that are married out there, part of the fullness of being was the rabbis had real concrete suggestions for what men should do on the Sabbath. And that is, they should make love with their wife. That was their that, duty on a Sabbath. That's why you brought Denise to the two-year soul transformation. <laughs> no, oh, I, my goodness. Mike, that's not so, true. So if you, had led, if you had led off the retreat with that, maybe, maybe the perception would have been a little bit different. Oh, well, my goodness. I would like to claim credit for that, but actually when Denise was going through D.C., she did a paper on the Sabbath, and she discovered that little gem. <laughs> It's, uh, it really is. I, I, uh, in the history of what God, when God gave the Ten Commandments, by the way, the fourth commandment is the Sabbath. It's the longest commandment, and it was all designed not to be boring and irrelevant and sit around and sing Kumbaya, but it's really meant to give life and to give refreshment and to give peace. And you're going to say something, Chad. Yeah, Mike, Matthew Sleeth, who's been on our show, we did a whole show on Sabbath. So if you want to go back and listen to it on our podcast, type in Matthew Sleeth. But he says the fourth commandment, if it was a pie, a pie you eat, yeah. a third of the pie would be the fourth commandment. That's how big it is in, in co correlation to the rest of it. And he says, in fact, commandments five through six, if you add all of them together, they don't equal the amount of, uh, of attention that just the fourth commandment had. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he also said, um, when you practice, the, uh, when you practice uh, the fourth commandment, the Sabbath, it helps you keep all the other commandments. And I love what he says in you know, you know, commandment uh, number, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. He says, you know, back to your point. I mean, I mean when we practice in the Sabbath, uh, there's some, some good loving going on, you right, know, right. With, with our spouses. And, our, you know, and God says, yes, yes, yeah, yes, that's what I want for you. I want you to experience the, all the fullness of, of my handiwork. Yeah. yeah, Ross, you're, you're smiling. Well, you know, there's so much that goes with that is we have such a desire to be known and to be loved. Yes. And Sabbath allows us to take that time, turn everything down, and it does, it, it improves the relationships, not just with, with God and, and slowing and having rest, but it improves those relationships around us as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, on the, on Sabbath, um, that's okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to interject uh, as you're as you're thinking about Sabbath. There was a story told um, when when there, the the gold rush was going on, and they were uh, there was two groups of people heading out west, and winter was coming, and one group said, "We don't have 
we, we can't we can't do Sabbath. We can't take a break. We're going to go 24-7, I mean, seven days a week. We've got to get out to the before the winter hits. And another group said, no, we're, we're going to still rest one day a week. Who made it to the West Coast quicker, the, the group that didn't break or the group that did? The group that, mm. that rested. Yeah, rested. The, the group that rested because they worked harder the six days and they were able to take that break because they looked forward to it. I remember what Bob Russell says, every man needs, need, needs three things. He needs somebody to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And when we have Sabbath as a part of our lives, it's something to look forward to. It's a life of rest and refreshment and peace. And what are you going to say, Mike? Oh. I was going to say, even though the fourth commandment is the longest, basically what it says is you don't do any work on the Sabbath. Mm. So what does not do any work mean? Uh, and you know, one of the things I've learned is that it means you can do anything that's life-giving for you. So let's say that you like to go out and work in your garden, and that is life-giving for you, then that is not work. I mean, there are no rules around this. God just says you do not work. So that means you don't do... Uh, your paid job, you don't. You try to to stay away from your email, but if you want to go out and work in your garden, that is great. I do woodworking as a hobby, and I go out in the garage and work with wood, and I and it's life giving to me. You can play, you can hike, you can do anything you want to do that's life giving. Yeah. So so like on the farm, growing up on the farm, we're we're driving tractors all all week long. We're out in the fields. So for us, mowing the yard was is it's just another duty that needs to get done riding the tractor it's work so we didn't mow the yard but for some people um they've been in the office all week long they've been busy you know behind the computer so getting on a tractor on on, and to take a sabbath and to, to put on some music in their ears and to just drive it is can be the most therapeutic part of their day yes uh, part of their week I think you just touched on a word that uh, that resounded for me, and that's therapeutic. Mm. So we would say those things. Oh, when I do that, when I take a walk on a trail, that's just therapeutic for me. When I get on a lawnmower and I can mow for an hour and a half, that's therapeutic for me. And so there's th- certain things that we've already identified in our life that are therapeutic, that are life-giving, as Mike says, um, but we don't tie those to a practice of Sabbath, mm-hmm. where it's a planned time to be able to identify those things and put them into practice, not just for us, but for our families as well. Yeah, So, and when we talk about that with our spouses, when we talk about that with our families and say, hey, what is life-giving? What is brings refreshment and peace? Um, and that's and so we start out this two-year journey. That's the first topic. We, because we want us to, to begin to experience this refreshment that God has and, and wants for us. So is your Sabbath a no day or a snow day? Ooh. I just wrote that down because nice. sometimes ah. people become, oh, it's a no day. Don't do this. Or is it more of a snow day? Do you have fun and say yes? And I'm convicted because, you know, it's more of a no day around my house. We have we relax and we have some fun, but it's it, it, it leans on the no side of it more than the snow side. So we're going to have to make some changes in that. So we're going to take a break. Come back in the next, the third segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about Sabbath and also talk about a, a, uh, an ancient uh, 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 practice that has been kind of reinvented in, in modern times by people saying, hey, we need to approach the scriptures in a totally different way or an additional to a different uh, a way we've normally done it. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment on Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We are with Ross and Mike, and we're talking about uh, soul transformation and all that fun stuff that goes along with that. And we, the last segment, we talked about Sabbath. Hey, let me ask you. Yeah? When you say soul transformation, what enters your brain? Ooh, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> when I hear something inside of me is going to be transformed, and uh, but I don't think too many of us are going into it thinking, okay, I'm going to come out a totally different person after two years. Yes, I hope I'm the needle has been moved, but it's a process. And like Mike said at the beginning, this it's really a beginning of a lifetime journey mm-hmm. of transformation, not this weekend, you know, transformation kind yeah. of thing. So, uh, but as far as transformation goes, if your septic tank needs to be transformed meaning you have a lot of problems with it and needs to go from here to here. That's you need a great to call. Said, that's uh, a good I segue. do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> Frank Enterprises, they help take care of septic problems. So if you've got some property that's got septic tank issues, call Frank Enterprises. Also, if you've got lane, land, land drainage issues, water is not going where it is supposed to go, Frank Enterprises also can help you with that. And also, we want to thank Bright Star Home Care. If you have a, somebody who you love who needs home care, whether it's an hour a week of doing laundry or if it's 24-7 care and anything in between, dementia care, uh, anything that r- relates to someone who needs some help, Bright Star Home Care takes care of that, and they also take care of us. So, Chad, you know, this whole uh, this journey, and I like that word. I like the word journey because that's what we're on. We're all on this journey of life. Right. So how do we maximize it, make, make it to the fullest? I mean, Jesus said... The, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to have full life. I want you to experience joy and peace and love and grace and all the, the fulfillment of God. And one of those is we, we, we talked a lot last segment about the whole piece of Sabbath. Right. And you, you, had a, you had a question or something. Yeah, I want to turn the tables and ask you a couple of questions. So uh, last segment we talked about how most people Sabbath, they hear it's a no day, like don't do these things. You said it should be a snow day. Man, we're going to have some fun. Today's a great day that people look forward to. And everybody's in different seasons here in this this table, right? As far as age group and children. When you and Kristen were raising your children, and a lot of people who are listening have kids at, in their house at some age, right? Yeah. What did a Sabbath day look like for your family? Uh, in all honesty, it, it really did resemble a snow day. Mm-hmm. And so typically we would sleep in a little bit more. Okay. Um, we would get up. Uh, the kids uh, would sleep in a little bit more than mom and dad. And then we would get up and we would have kind of a little bit longer time to just kind of read, to reflect. Um, something that we've wanted to read all week long, but um, and it usually had to do with something spiritual. Um but not always, um, but it, would, it was this time to just kind of really push pause and give yourself some breathing space. Then we'd move, we, we would always try to have this awesome breakfast. And I mean, we'd pull out all the stops. I mean, it's pancakes and sausage and bacon and eggs and French toast or, you know, whatever. And, uh, but we'd try to make it as simple and yet as yummy as possible. So are you all going to church on Saturdays then? or would you We, go on we would go to church on Saturday nights. So, so our, kind of our Sabbath began kind of Saturday late afternoon. We'd go, we'd get cleaned up, we'd go to worship. And then after, after worship, we'd come home and we'd have, you know, kind of a, 
yeah, kind of a nice dinner, but it wasn't you know over the top. Sometimes it would go out to get we'd get at a restaurant or we'd, we'd get carry out and bring it home, get a pizza or whatever, and then uh, then typically it would be we as a family we'd watch a movie together, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know something that the kids would want to do and watch. So it's kind of a fun gather. We we were trying to create for the kids that Sabbath is is a snow day. Mm-hmm. It's not a no day, it's a snow day. I love that uh, phrase, phrase You can have that. Can I have that? Sure. Okay, you uh, you're going to copyright <laughs> no, that. No, it's free. Um okay, so uh and and then and then we'd go to bed and we'd sleep in the next morning and then it would be a uh, you know, have this big brunch. Uh, because we we wouldn't have breakfast right away and uh it's usually hot chocolate and you know something the kids would really like. And then there was always kind of a turning of during the brunch time and maybe right after, we would talk about what we learned in the, in the sermon from the night before, and we would just talk about that. And we tried to make that as fun and enjoyable as possible. I'll never forget the, the time that when I, the kids were old enough to figure out, I, I needed to tell them how much I, money I made. We were talking, the sermon series was like on finances and giving and stewardship. And I just laid out on a big dry erase board what daddy made and where all the money went. And the kids are like, really? <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know if to, to them, $100 was like a million dollars. And uh, but it was it was life giving, and we wanted them. We do Bible sword drills. You know, we have competition. They have prizes. We we do a little singing sometimes, but we wanted it to be fun. Okay. Hey, so can I speak into that? Yeah. So I for our listeners. They're like, yeah, that's you. You're a pastor. Yeah. You got this. I mean, you're having sword drills in your living room. Not going to happen. Come on. Uh, yeah. So let, let's go to reality. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so go We're going to step back into real world. <laughs> so when we, uh, w- when we started looking at this and what it meant, the key word was rest. Yeah. Right. Was was just something to, um, as you mentioned a while ago, Psalm 23, restore our soul. And how can we do that on a weekly basis? And so for us, we use three words. One was rest, one was reset, and one was recalibrate. Mm. Right for us, it was a, it was a little bit of a time to go. Hey, ooh, we got to right stop the pace, slow the pace down in order to allow those things mm. to happen. And uh, sometimes I love what Mike said a while ago because sometimes it means play. Oh, great yes. connection. It might be a game of 21 in the driveway uh, with the kids or throwing Frisbee in the front yard or making a campfire for that night yes. where it's it's s'mores. It's, it's, it's absolutely. And and being able to do those kinds of things that really do, you walk in, and you go, oh, what a good smell. What a great night for a campfire. And, and what you've created is just a little perk in your in your uh, spirit. Yeah, something that that provides a, a little restoration and conversation. And so well, you talked about we're going to talk about the sermon. And I, I, can, <laughs> I can imagine our, our some of our listeners are going, oh, great. You know how painful that is. How was the sermon? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like pulling teeth. And man, when we started family devotions, it was so discouraging and so miserable because you sit there with this ideal. Right. right. And somebody's got to go to the bathroom and somebody's moving around and messing with the dog and making the dog bark. And and, and all of a sudden it's just like, everybody go to bed. And. I mean, that's the world that we're in. But understanding that the spirituality of this is simply rest. I love what 
Wayne Miller says, if we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, then illness becomes our Sabbath. Illness and disease and accidents. Cancer and what, whatever stops you. Yes. You know, people that tell me they're too busy, I say you're 30 seconds away. You're one phone call away from your whole world stopping. Because there's something on the other end of that phone that would cause us to stop everything that we think we're busy at and focus on one thing. Yes. And um, it's that I, I can associate with this because I've had those times. I don't get sick often, but I am known for going all the time. And, and, and so those times when you go, my body cannot go anymore. And you go home in, in the middle of the day and you crawl into bed and you go, this is the best feeling. It's, you just get rest. Well, that was sickness that prompted you to yes. do that. It was the thing that finally made you slow down and say, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And, and, and thanks for saying that, Ross, because almost every Sabbath, when it, the weather was decent, I mean, I'm shooting hoops with Drew, like, I mean, every Sabbath. I mean, it's it's fun. It It's good stuff. Mike, you were going to say something? Yes. Uh, Ross just men- mentioned rest. And uh, also, uh, they mentioned that we're we all at different places in our lives. So, you know, we're empty nesters. We have grandkids. So one of the things we like is for our grandkids to come over on Sabbath mm-hmm. and play with their grandkids. Um, but, you know, the best thing to do on a Sabbath is to take a nap. Mm, amen, and brother. if you don't have little kids, <laughs> it's real easy to go take a nap. So. No kidding. And, and by the way, that's one of the things that we do on the retreat. We, we encourage, hey, sometimes the most, John Ortberg says, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. And, and we give you breaks, significant breaks. So, hey, if you need to go back to your room and you need to go take a nap, by all means, go back and take a nap and be refreshed because that, that can be the, a, a powerful spiritual moment for you, really. It really can. Our bodies do not, we do not provide enough rest for our bodies to be able to handle the things that we put them through. So, okay, so we do the whole uh, uh, rest thing. How do, how do we rest our soul? One of the other topics that we also cover is how do we in, in, approach the Bible in, with enjoyment and with transformation? And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be boring and irrelevant and has nothing to do with life. How do we approach the Bible in a life-giving way that g- truly gives us energy and gives us life? You know, the, the psalmist says the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives, it refreshes us. Hey, so, t- go with the, what are the four ways to approach Scripture? Uh, you know, I think there, uh, there's a host of ways, but the, the, I think there's four different ways you can read the Bible. One is informationally, one is theologically, one is devotionally, and then the last one is li- listening contemplatively. How do we listen to the Bible as it speaks to us? All right, so on that, we're going to take a break, and in the next segment, we're going to talk about that fourth way. How do you look, read the Bible and listen to it, and how can it transform you, and how you approach the Scriptures, maybe in a way that you've not been taught, especially in our American church, that we don't approach the Bible in this way. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, our fourth and final segment, Bummer. If you want to hear the first three segments, go to 
iTunes, SoundCloud, or uh, Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can see all of those, uh, all of our shows commercial free thanks to really cool sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you want to take your money that God has given you and invest it wisely for his kingdom and for your future, Dan Hart Financial can take you, uh, help take you uh, care of you doing that. And then Ellen and Credit Union, also a local lender we love and thank them for sponsoring our show. But if you go also to uh, furtherstoneministries.org Click on the mic. You can hear these shows in their entirety. Commercial free thanks to our sponsors. And in the last few seconds, we've been talking about soul care. How do we care for our soul? Specifically, the first couple of segments, we talked about uh, Sabbath. Uh, but then this one, we're talking about a, okay, we're going to use some Latin because we're really highfalutin around here. All right, really? The term Lectio Divina. What in the world does that mean, Kurt? Well, it literally means sacred reading. But it's, it's, it's an old practice that our church fathers did, you know, centuries ago. And how, how, just how do you read the Bible? And it's life-giving. Hmm. So we're not just going to the Bible for information. I mean, there's a time for that. We're not just going to the Bible for theological info, information and input, which there's, there's a time for that as well. Uh, we don't go to the Bible just to devotionally read it. But how do we read it in such a way as to listen to it and, and allow it to refresh us, allow it to encourage us, allow it to change us. I, I love what Ruth Haley Barton says, when we do these practices, and, and this is kind of a practice, really, it's a, some people call it a spiritual discipline or spiritual practice, it, it, it brings about a sacred rhythm that's life-giving, and that's what we're after. And so the, the approach of how do we, to, how do we read the Bible so that, you know, what I quoted earlier, Psalm 19 says, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, revives or refreshes the soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want, who doesn't want that, no. you know, right? And so when we would, uh, when we introduce this concept of approaching the Bible with a contemplative ref, uh, listening ear, what, what was that like for you guys, for, for you, Mike? Well, it was way different because, as, as I said earlier, I enjoy reading the Bible for information. I'm really good at reading the Bible for information. Uh, but to slow down and to uh, put myself in the passage and to try to imagine being there, mm. it is, it's, it's taken some practice to get, to get there. But uh, once you get there, it is, uh, it is deep. It is wonderful. Uh, it is a, a way of hearing what God is saying to you. Yeah, it's it's not this like okay, I gotta go uh, today. I gotta read five chapters of the Bible, and if I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a failure. A- actually, it's maybe you might read five verses, right, or three verses, or, or maybe three less, verses. five or even, words, or yeah, or yes, <laughs> five words, and, and the five words are gonna just help bring focus and 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 renewal to your heart and to your mind and to your soul. Ross, what were you gonna say? So so this goes right in with that fast paced life. Yes, and. And, and so I think back when, when this was presented, um, I, it gave me pause. And the pause was this, that we get into read the Bible through in a year, 365 devotions, and it's a checkbox. It's every day. Not that there's not benefit to that. There's incredible benefit. But I would find myself reading through a chapter to get through the end of the chapter to go, yes, I did chapter 37 today. Done. But I missed everything that was in there because I was not reading for understanding. I was not engaged in what I was doing. I was simply doing something to check another box for the day. Mm. And um, 
what I appreciate about this segment was really the four ways to read scripture. Mm. And, and that broke it down for me to be able to say, whoa, is that really what I'm getting? And, and here are the four is to, to read it, to reflect, respond, and then to rest, to be able to rest in the word and the knowledge of, of God. Let it, let it soak in. And so the goal is, the goal is not to have this massive reading, even though sometimes we, we might do that. It's, it's really to approach the Bible, not for information, but for transformation. All right. So what does that look like? Those four things, reading it, reflecting, responding, resting. Tell me how you approach actual. How about let's just read a, uh, let's read three verses right now out of a familiar passage, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Mike, just read it. And then I'm just going to kind of work with you guys. We'll, we'll practice a little of this uh, for our audience. Audience, if you're listening and you have a Bible near you, or you can just listen reflectively as Mike reads Psalm 23, the verse three verses. Go ahead. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Mm. Okay, so if you're, if you're doing this in a reflective way, a kind of a listening posture, you know, Ross, what is one word or, or phrase that just maybe the Lord is just prompting you to meditate on or reflect on? So in this scripture, when I read that, I stopped on uh, the fourth or fifth word, shepherd. Mm. The, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that takes care of me. He's the one that will find me if I get lost and off the, the path. He determines my next pasture and what I need. He directs everything about my life. And, uh, and so just to, just to meditate and to reflect on what a shepherd is, what a shepherd does um, is... Yeah, he, he protects, he guides, he leads, he cares for. And that's what, the, that's what as you're we're reading this, that's what, that's good stuff. Mike, what about you? Well, as I read through it, I read it through it twice in the second, and both times the word quiet hit me. Mm -hmm. You know, he leads me beside quiet waters. And I started, you know, trying to think, what does quiet mean? You know, where, then I, it just hit me. We're in a season of time when, when we're, we can be so busy. There's so much noise around us. <laughs> There's so much noise out in the, in the politics nowadays, so much noise in sports. There's noise everywhere. Mm. And it really, God wants us to be quiet, to quiet our minds, to quiet our souls. And so then as I contemplated it further, I thought about it a different way. He leads me, he leads me beside quiet waters. Well, well, what that means to me is that I've got to get quiet for God to lead me. Mm. I've got to be silent for God to lead me. There's this listening posture. Mm. You can hear his voice. What yes. about you? What about you, Chad? Uh, Mike stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> but then as I was reading through it the second time, uh, he guides me. So mm. if he guides me, He's been there. He guides know where they're going, mm. right? And so if I need to be guided, I don't know where I'm going. Well, he guides us where? It says in a path. A path is a place that has been trailblazed. A path's already there. 
a path's usually not, it's not overgrown. You already see a path, but mm. it's a lot of times I'm like, where do you want me to go, Lord? What do you want me to do? He's out ahead of us. Mm. I, I, son, I've been there. I, I've been down that trail you're going to go. Let me guide you in that path that I've been down. I'm ahead of you. And it, it's a righteous path. Mm. It's a good path that he wants me to go down. Now, it may not be the most attractive path, like there's paths in my life right and now easy. I would rather get off yeah. of, right? And, and it might not be easy. Right? But he's like, I'm going to go. And, and what's the end of there say? For his name's sake. Son, let's go down this path for my benefit. But Lord, just come on, right? <laughs> and, and he's going to take us down there and it's for his name's sake. But as, you, as I read that, he's a good shepherd. The Lord mm. is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He's a, he's a, got good intentions, mm. right? So, 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 so my word, I'll interject in here, and then we got to wrap this baby up because it's just flown by. But it's it's he restores or he refreshes. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's the God who refreshes, who restores, who rejuvenates. I. I don't know about you guys, but I need that uh, like like a lot. Well, mm. that's what this whole re- retreat's about: refreshing our soul. Yeah, and it's, that's just what God's word does. It's really, it's when really we slow down and listen. It's really good stuff. Ross and Mike, thanks a ton for coming in. Thanks for sharing your hearts. Thanks, uh, thanks for being on this two-year journey, Mike. Four-year journey. Um, and, He's a graduate uh, degree. Yeah, He's yeah, a graduate no degree. Kidding, so you're going to get a PhD in this. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> Um, Ross, hey, would you close us in prayer? Would you just pray for us, guys? Love to. Yeah, thanks. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you uh, for an opportunity just to talk about how you have transformed uh, our lives over the last few years and what an incredible journey. Uh, And Lord, I know that there's listeners that can uh, appreciate and associate with um, wanting more for our soul. And Lord, I just pray that they'll jump in, uh, that you'll remove the barriers and that you will, um, like we have experienced, that you'll transform their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. So if you've just gotten a little taste of this, you might have been in the car or wherever you've heard this, and about two minutes of that, you thought, man, that, that sounds pretty good. I like that. I need that. Well, it's an opportunity for you to, to do that. So the Soul Transformation Retreats by Further Still Ministries, Go to furtherstoneministries.org and the two-year journey starts up. You're lucky to be able to get in on this January, okay? So once it starts, it doesn't circle back around until two years later. So to start this journey is to start in January of 2019 and you know you're like, okay, next year is going to be my year. Well, what are you doing any different? And I love the fact that we have to give God some space in order for him to do some work. He wants to do a great work, but we got to give him the space. We play a role in our spiritual transformation. It's not going to happen on the fly. You are not going to wake up one day and go, wow, I'm a peaceful person because I just, the Holy Spirit sprinkled some Holy Spirit dust on me while I slept. That's not what, how it happens. These retreats give God an opportunity to do a work. So starting in January of this year, Go to furtherstoneministries.org. Of it's 2019. 2019. I say with this year, depending on when you're listening. So January of 2019 is going to go for a two-year run. You have a retreat every quarter. And then in between the quarter, you get a little bit of time and space to work on it in between retreats. And it's a 24-hour retreat. It's from about 4 o'clock Saturday to about 4 o'clock on Sunday. You can find four days out of 365. I'm too busy. That's why you need to go. <laughs> because you're too busy. 
And so furtherstoneministries.org, and I would, I'm encouraging you, if you're bringing, if you're coming, take your spouse with you. Because if your spouse and you are going, you can look at each other and work on this in between retreats. Or bring a friend so you can have a buddy to say, hey, let's talk about this and pray about this in between retreats. You're listening to this and going, I really would like to go to that. Then do it. Go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on, and there are openings now. They book up sooner than later, so please go do that. Hey, thank you for listening. Pass this along to somebody who needs their soul. You're like, boy, their soul needs some work. Send it to them, uh, and you can take them with you. And uh, we appreciate you listening, again, to Solid Steps Radio.